Mayday is brought to you by JordanDene.com. That is Jordan, D-E-N-E.com. Uh, she runs an apparel and accessories company. Uh, it is fantastic stuff. This is functional fandom items. So these are t-shirts, accessories, aprons, all kinds of great things that are themed around fandoms but aren't your everyday looking stuff. So definitely go check them out. Uh, JordanDene.com. Once again, it's J-O-R-D-A-N, like Jordan, uh, D-E-N-E.com. Our organization podcast partner this month is NARAL Missouri. They are Missouri's largest grassroots pro-choice organization working to protect a woman's right to a full range of reproductive health care for over 40 years. They are doing some amazing work. For more information about them, you can go to ProChoiceMissouri.org. That's ProChoiceMissouri.org to get more information about NARAL Missouri. Lastly, our wild card. It is called Geek Girl Brunch. You can find out all about them if you visit their website, geekgirlbrunch.com. This was something that is really cool. Very grassroots. Started uh, up in New York City by three women who were looking to start a women's only uh, brunch group to just talk about geeky stuff and do geeky stuff with fandoms and all kinds of things. You can visit them, geekgirlbrunch.com. They have a map and a list of their chapters. You can also apply to start a chapter in your city if this is something you are interested in. This is Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hey everybody, it's Justin and Tiana from Mayday. How's everybody doing out there? All right, so... April is almost upon us, or it might be upon us by the time we uh, post this podcast. And that means that uh, season two is about to hit us. And we've seen, up until this point, until last week, two teaser trailers that were just kind of throwing a barrage of images at us, right? And we broke those down and kind of did them shot by shot to see what we were looking at, saw some cool stuff. But they finally released the first full trailer with, like, actually, Finally. finally extended uh, clips and actual like lines and things, speaking parts that we could actually get some context for. And so we decided to also break that down. So I know uh, heading into the second season might be some new people to the podcast. So we thought that maybe this would be a good uh, primer, if you will, for what we do. Uh, usually we will cover every episode and we will kind of break it down scene by scene. And we'll keep it entertaining. Uh, so we wanted to break down the trailer. And surprisingly, there was much more to this trailer. Once we actually started watching it together to take notes, then I was actually expecting. I do just want to say how expert they are that this trailer for which we still can't tell what the F is going on. We're like, yes, this is so much information. Thank you, Hulu. (laughs) Finally. I still don't understand anything, but I feel like I got so much. Yes, they're they're giving you random random bits of information completely out of context. They're brilliant at it, right? Yeah, this is some expert level marketing. Yeah, no, this is great. Like the way they put, even the way they put the trailer together makes you in certain shots, unless you break it down, like when we looked at it kind of, paused it and really looked at it and analyze it it kind of gives you a little narrative that maybe isn't necessarily the right narrative what yeah and i think it's like out of order so that Mm -hmm. really makes it really difficult and this is a show that like utilizes flashbacks exactly yeah yeah so they have plenty of there's a lot there's a lot to and there's so much that you don't know you know already oh yeah you're totally making assumptions and you have a lot of things that if you've read the book and even they've talked about in the show that you have frame of references for that you can make assumptions about when you see shots that may not well, be what that is. Well, they leaked enough information about like new actors that are joining the cast right. in what roles and things like that that you can like at least feel like you're piecing it together, even though you might still be completely wrong. Yes. And both Tiana and I were very shocked when we uh, did do this shot by shot that we did see one of those new actors uh, that we did not. Two of them. Did we? Oh, yeah, too. Well, I knew one of them, but we had never. I, you know, right. It's the first time I saw her in a shot, but I did see her when I watched the trailer initially. Um, the oh, second you, person you we're talking that. about, I saw that, okay. but the, the first I one totally, I totally blew. It was when I, until we were doing shot by shot. Yeah, the first one totally blew by me because it's like very short. They are mo- so many. If you blink, you won't just miss one one thing. You'll miss like yeah. four. So we are here to uh, kind of break it down, and I think we're gonna put this on a video with the trailer. And kind of edit it in so you can kind of see what we're talking about. So the first shot opens up with what we've seen, I think, in both teasers, I think, uh, which is June riding in the back of the mysterious van, the mystery van, (laughs) the mystery machine. Can we call it the mystery machine? That's pretty great. We can't call it the mystery machine. Some people really bad. That's what we need. A Scooby Doo real triggering. A Scooby Doo Handmaid's Tale smash up. They just did one with Supernatural. Anyway, all right, we'll move on. So we open up with June, and we got a little voiceover going. 
she was because she doesn't even know where the hell she's going. She's just asking because this is what freedom's like. Uh, yeah, asking you know, herself in her mind, right, where she's going, and ends it with this line: "There's, there's no, there's no out. Like Gilead is within you," and that is a theme that Hulu, especially, has been hammering home. There's been two things: it's going to be darker, and Gilead is within you is like their yeah. themes of the show. I know it feels uh, very Nazi meets Stepford Wives, mm. which kind of the whole show feels like right? that. But like that feels like a thing, like the inevitability of it. Yes. Seems like Warren Littlefield, I guess, when he was talking about it, he's made sure to hammer that home and talk about how it affects everyone, no matter whether you escape from Gilead or not. And, you know, we got Moira, who is up in Canada with Luke. And even if for the people that aren't there and have gotten out, it's the effect of having not be there, a post-traumatic, you know, mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, they so still that, exist in relation to Gilead. Exactly. It just affects every part of you having gotten out of it i would assume forever you know i can't imagine like it's also one of those things like you 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 can talk about how terrible it looks as a show but actually like trying to think of what it would actually yeah, be like to, to live a normal it. life afterwards seems kind of impossible crazy all right so this next part is very interesting to me because it's her it looks to be right after the i don't know we still don't know when this is so yeah they're arguing about how serena thinks that they're going to think they're part of the resistance yeah and she Fred, said we can't cover this up right like they need to admit to it and yeah. say this is what just happened. So it seems like maybe they found out that what went down with June was not legit. Yeah. Um. But Fred. But they're they're at home. Yes, they're in the house. And th- man, this is like a real argument they're having too. Like it to me on second watching of this trailer, I was like, man, she is really speaking her mind more than you are used to seeing her doing in Gilead times. She yeah. d- this definitely seems like her pre Gilead. Yes. She's um, telling him. Yes. What she thinks. Yes. Yes, and you you used to seeing her kind of be a little more yeah, in control. Yeah, so controlled. Yes, because this is the part where he says, "If you would have showed her, oh yeah, uh, uh, you know the uh, tiniest bit of compassion, she never would have left." Kindness, I think he says kindness. kindness and to which like, everybody is like, "Really, dude? That you're you right. should be telling people about showing the handmaid's kindness." No one in Gilead. Come should on be now, complaining about anyone's kindness. It's mm. more of lack of kindness yeah. in varying degrees. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see when this takes place and when this uh, falls in the timeline because clearly they are not thrilled with the situation, but they obviously have varying opinions. Well, it kind of seems like Fred is not as concerned about society thinking that they had something to do with June, you know. Disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. June's disappearing and uh, immediately Serena Joy goes to, it's going to look like we were in on this. Yeah. It's hard to do without a yeah. timeline. Yeah, it's tough. We don't know much. We don't this know much. This is mostly extrapolation. Yes. So we shall see. The next one is June on the run um, with a guy. So Yeah, and in a, a black guy. A black guy. There are noticeably more minorities yes, we, in this trailer than I think I saw all last season. Well, And that was one of the things that they Bruce Miller came out and said, we heard the... I, yeah, yeah. And they totally clearly made sure some of them made an appearance yes. so like it's not so so we feel like it's really gonna happen right I they guess. didn't shove them into the one scene yeah at the dinner the one scene where you see but yes they're, they're, it's one of those things that they said they were gonna address so so far visually at least yeah um, trailer addresses optic, it the trailer has gotten it it's, so it's still not you know society parody but we'll get there hopefully <laughs> yes and this is also this scene with her on the run with some guy in a stairwell so we're assuming there is some sort of appears to be some sort of escape going on because she is not wearing her stuff and she's in a stairwell with a dude which if you're still in Gilead it's not a thing that you there was a little symbol on the wall in that scene that I couldn't figure out what it was and I Mm. don't know if it's relevant but it doesn't seem like it would be an accident because it's a mostly plain wall and then there's a little like sign with a symbol on it oh I don't know find out but this is also when the so there's this giant voiceover of Aunt Lydia that starts in this scene, and we'll we'll read the end of it because oh, yes. it culminates it's an in interesting monologue. Yes. So then we get this awesome scene, which I had seen, and we talked about this. How I I didn't realize that they were. So this is the scene with the handmaids that look to be in the snow overhead shot. Overhead shot. No, it's not snow. They're just like in a courtyard. Oh really? Okay. Like a brick courtyard. I thought it was in the snow, but um, 
overhead shot of the handmaids that look like they're in the black with the red veil, which everybody is assuming is some kind of funeral. And it kind of blows past this pretty quick. But if you look at it, there's like we counted 30, I think, 30 or 31 coffins that are red that are encircled like with them. And I was like, that's a lot of dead people. Or is it a lot of handmaids bringing out their own coffins? That's the other thing, because I didn't make a point of counting the handmaids that were there with the coffins that were there. Like, was there the same amount? I think it was the same amount because there was a handmaid at the end of each outer ring coffin and one in between. And then there were like more coffins farther in so the they circle. So you're going right? to kill them and make it bury them, like bring your well, own. I mean, they can't bury themselves. Somebody yeah. else is going to have to do some work. I guess they'll bring in more handmaids for that. I mean, what if they make them lay in the coffin and then they do it? I mean, that's like the Ooh, most efficient Terrible win. psychological right? torture. And the, the handmaids in black really like reminded me all over again how much when I first saw the... Um, the Handmaid's Garb in the beginning of the first season, how much it reminded me of nuns. Mm. I'm like now seeing it in black. I'm like reminded of that all over again. Like they're supposed to be, you know, married to the state essentially. Right. Right. And the state is married to the Lord. Uh, The next thing we get is the uh, kind of recycled part of a shot, but this is a little different and something I noticed when we were kind of going back and forth looking at it to analyze it. It's the Handmaid's in the circle in a courtyard uh, on their knees in the rain, which is a lot of things going on. Um, which we've all kind of determined is probably some kind of punishment for the end of yeah, last season. Yeah, this is season. where you see them holding the rock. They're rocks. holding the rock. And so my assumption is that it's the yeah. punishment for being a jerk face and not stoning Janine because like good girls. Because of course there's a punishment. There has to be. They're going to amp it up this year. Um, but the one thing I noticed is when they cut to this shot, all of a sudden two of the handmaids like look up into the sky like for no reason. Like there's something coming. Yeah. Like maybe a Gilead helicopter. I don't know. But it was just weird because all of a sudden, like, two of them kind of looked up like something was coming. And I don't know why that would be. But it was just something interesting in that shot. But, yeah, that was it was interesting because it was a recycled scene, but not necessarily the same shot yeah, we've a seen. Different, a different snippet. Uh, the next one is the hole in the sheet, as we're calling it. Oh, so yeah. there is just this five-second clip of a... But is it a sheet? It looks I like don't it know. Has it's some, a gown like, of some sort. Yeah, it looks like it has some, like, embroidered lace on it, which makes me think not a sheet. Like, that seems more like... A Night gown gown-y. of some sort. Yeah. And all it, it has a hole in it. Yeah. And when we're seeing it, it's being lowered onto a person. Not like a ripped hole. No. Like a put like, there on purpose, yes. the edges have been finished hole. Yes, embroidered, you know, with stitching. So it's being lowered onto a person like they're wearing it or they're behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's on their belly button. And it's keep it, it's appearing that it's not stopping there. <laughs> so we're kind of, we aren't sure. Um, yeah. Because we, you know. We, we even addressed the sex in the whole sheet thing, um, which was a rumor about certain religions. And we looked that up and that's not real. Yeah. So unless they're trying to make it real about their religion. Right. Which could be. Um, well, they do take things too far. They, so they tend to. You never know. Yes. So I that's that's another. There's a few in here where you're just like, I, I don't yeah. have any idea what that could be other than some bizarre ceremony, which is another thing they like to do a lot of. So I guess we'll see. But it is super creepy. Yeah. Just like everything else they do. Um, next scene is the pool. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. They show the shot of the pool right after the sheet with two people. Uh, both have kettlebells chained to them. Yeah. Like workout equipment kettlebells. Right. And it doesn't appear like they're doing like life-saving training. It appears like. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're practicing CPR. I don't think so. It looks like they're drowning folks. Yeah, um, and there are some other loose kettlebells down in the bottom of that pool too. So like, it makes you think maybe this is a regular occurrence. Right. Um, and the yeah, man, and the like, man is fully clothed. Like he's even wearing shoes. Yes, he is completely clothed. So my, and the woman looks like she's wearing a nightgown or a slip. So here's my my taking this from so absolutely weird. nothing to something in my head. The it kind of seems like the woman and the man are obviously being killed by drowning, or they're being almost drowned and interrogated in a pool which is creepier Ooh, um, i hadn't thought of that Ugh. but you gotta think if it's a guy that they might be afraid that the guy is strong enough to keep the kettlebell up and not drown but so you put him in there with his boots on because when your boots fill up and your clothes fill up with water it's going to be that much heavier and make it that much harder for you to do anything now the woman i guess they have to think that she's physically not going to be as strong and it also looks like they just pulled her out of her house because she is wearing Yeah, I feel like it's more of a this is how they were captured yes, kind of that thing also. than like a thinking really deep about how are we going to make be. him slightly heavier. Right. Yeah. That was just a thought I had, you know. 
trying to yeah. think about it. But yeah, it I mean, if they too... were really, I mean, if they just want to be really sure, you would just knock them out before you dump them in the pool or the strap another kettlebell. On them. Yeah, <laughs> you seem to have an access. It's to some... true. I mean, between the Olympic swimming pool and the kettlebells, it looks like they're not hurting for exercise equipment. The Gilead Games. Here we go. Oh Jesus! Right, you like that. All right, they have those. It's called the Hunger Games. Well, that'd be funny. That'd be a good crossover. <laughs> That's what somebody should do. They should make a dystopian like. I feel like somebody should show. Have already done like this. just tie them all together in the like... same way that there's like <laughs> there's there's um Walter White and then there's what's his oh, name the lawyer call, and then, like, yeah and then people think like eventually it's The Walking Dead. Oh like, really? I feel like oh that'd be there's awesome. Definitely like a whole tie through them all. That there's would be definitely amazing. a Hunger Games. Handmaid's Tale. Okay. All right. So this next shot that we get is one of the creepier things that we've seen in a show that is filled with lots yeah. of lots of creepy things. I think in one of the uh, teasers, there was also a reference to this or like something that we suspected was going to be this scene. Ugh. Which ends up being what? I'll let you say what it is. Yeah. It's a mass child wedding. Uh, there's a there's what looks to be several middle aged men. Looks like they're being wedded to children. Um, the females that are standing across from them are in all white and they have their heads cut. They're wearing like a head covering with a veil in front, but the veil looks like completely opaque. It's yes. very creepy. It looks like people without faces. Yes. Um, and they're significantly shorter than the middle-aged men that are yes. towering over them. So you got to think they're probably, teenagers. yeah, young teenagers. Yes. Um, so it looks like they're getting married. Uh, super creepy. And the person who's like kind of front and center in the shot looks like he is probably ministering a wedding. Yes. Officiating. And, the, the guy, and he looks happy. The guy is the guy that recruited Nick into the eye. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Oh, creepy. Yeah, that's him. That is the guy. Yeah. He looks like he's all about whatever's happening the, in this scene. The, and He seems to be pretty high up in the hierarchy because mm-hmm. he's also the one that told Nick to watch. Fred. Fred, yeah. And that's why yeah, Nick that's is true. the driver. Although you got to think not many of those dudes probably trust Fred at this point. Right. And now next we have the scene, which Tiana had an interesting take on when we were doing our notes here, that Fred is in the gun uh, with in the woods with the guy and a woman now who we haven't seen yet uh, with a wearing gun. Wearing normal clothes. Yeah, like she, they're the both. Two, the the two, two that are tied up are wearing normal clothes. Yes. And Fred is cocking the gun, putting it to his head. Now in previous teasers, we've seen the gun to the guy's head where he looks like he's real super upset yeah. like he would be but you couldn't see as much like no. there were you couldn't see all the other people you could just see who we thought was fred behind him with the gun right it was a different position too yeah and then because it was kind of straight on from mm-hmm. the guy in front of him mm-hmm. and then fred was behind him it looked like yeah um, but we had not seen the woman yet at this point and she is like right next to him so it's farther pulled out shot so clearly they are and we also couldn't tell like is this present time or is this a flashback to yeah. Uh, you seem to so, have an interesting yeah, theory on this. I feel like this. I think it's a flashback because the men, like, when they're out in the woods. And it really calls back to that in the uh, early episodes of the first season when you find out how June and her family were captured. That they are run- making a run for Canada. They're out in the woods in, like, Maine or something. Um, and there are men chasing them in, like, all black. But, like, not not, like uniforms yet like it's just it's like they just put on all the all black clothes they could find yeah like before gilead got super Mm -hmm. organized and like had literal uniforms for everything um and it kind of seems like fred maybe is one of those dudes in this scene like he's out like capturing fertile women and murdering their husbands yeah so i I think that's an interesting take because you were right the men did not seem to be in the full eye regalia as like as far as like the uniform all all looking the same they all look although fred was like dressier yeah but fred likes to wear a suit that's true he likes to be i'm dapper, convinced he has like suit pajamas dude. suit pajamas <laughs> just gets up and looks professional all right so this is okay the next one we have is a uh, june hiding with a hammer which tiana thought was hilarious because it's a teeny tiny hammer that's I, like a finishing nail hammer that would not do much damage no uh, and you'd have to really swing that sucker to crush the skull i said if you use the claw side you could pretty much do okay. some damage to somebody i mean it's better than nothing it is better than nothing, but there's also nothing to infer from that scene other than she's somewhere she's clearly not supposed to be if she's escaping. Right. Um, and someone is coming. That yeah, she'd... it almost kind of looks like she's in a similar place as when earlier in the trailer we see her with that dude with the in the like, stairwell or something. Very industrial, mm-hmm. like factory looking mm-hmm. kind of place. And the next scene is the one that we talked about. So Marissa Tomei was one of the big uh, castings that they have announced, but they have never announced 
what she is, yeah. who she is, or what she's doing in the show. Everybody else, they've pretty much done and said what they were going to be. So with this clip of her is the shortest clip, I think, in the whole thing. It is super short. Um, and you don't realize yeah, it's her. if you don't her. pause it, you probably aren't yeah. even registering If you don't pause it, it because not only is it fast, but it doesn't really look like her until you're like going looking straight I, yeah, at it because you, her hair is If you already she's all, knew that Marissa Tomei was joining the show and you paused it, you'll be like, that's Marissa Tomei. But yeah, Otherwise, would, nope, some brunette lady. Right. And so she is in what looks like a kind of a room that you would, it, it almost looks like when the, they do like army basic training, like just a very yeah, standard kind of look, utilitarian like a workhouse barracks. Yeah. Like just barracks where it's like beds lined up mm-hmm. and there's several women in the background. Um, and it looks like they are having beds there yeah. and she's praying. And, but that's the first time we've seen her doing anything. So yeah. you would think that that's, and is she praying like in line with Gilead? Like, is she a believer Maybe. or is praying. she like praying for the, mm. you know, to be saved from Gilead? Well, she didn't or look to be, souls. she didn't look to be in like a position of authority per se. No. I or at least so. not as it's portrayed in the scene. Um, so maybe she's just praying for all of this to end. It would be really cool if they make her like a, a not true believer, but an aunt. Oh, interesting. That would be cool. I know there was a rumor that she was a Martha, but I don't know. That does not look Martha. I mean, to surely me. there some of the ants are not really true believers. Now, unless, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, because we think there's a scene up ahead that is like the Martha training center. Yeah. So maybe that's where she's at, and she's like, and that's a flashback. We don't know. But yeah, very cool to finally see Marissa Tomei, even though he's still knowing. Also, th- just cool to see her like in stuff again. Right? For those of us old enough to remember her in the early 90s, yep. like it's just nice to see her yeah, doing stuff again. She's cool. Yeah, she's having a little resurgence. It's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, now this is the end scene of the Aunt Lydia voiceover also as well. So it culminates with... <laughs> A shot that I think will probably freak everybody out because it is in this field uh, with lights everywhere and I think three separate large hangman's gallows and uh, Aunt Lydia is strolling across the field and culminating at her end of her voiceover, which is basically this is the whole thing. You will love the Lord that God with all your heart or you will feel the pain of his judgment for that is his love. Some fire and brimstone shit Creepy. going on there, right? And so that ends with a shot of the three gallows with handmaids up on top of them. And you're just like, what, <laughs> what the yeah. hell is happening? Yeah, it's a, it's a little shock to the system. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, definitely unexpected. And that's definitely not one that they uh, took back real quick. That one lingers for a while. That's a longer shot. Yeah, it's enough for you to definitely see like, whoa, that's a lot of handmaids. Yep. They want you to know what that shot is. So mm-hmm. that's definitely the shock and if value. And you, if you, you know, haven't been looking up gallows recently and not familiar with those, you'll definitely figure it yes, out in that shot. Yes, it is not uh, not left to the imagination for sure. Now, the next shot, we get our first shot of uh, Mr. Luke. And this looks to be a flashback because this, I think, we don't know yet, though, because we did have some thoughts of maybe this is them protesting in Canada. Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like he's being wrestled away by police while doing something, something some sign of civil like, disobedience yeah like the police look like police they don't right. look like uh mayday people so i i assumed this was in canada yeah or, also it, june's not with him right so right. if it was before she True. probably would have been with yeah, him because escaped. he wasn't real yeah, they escaped he together, wasn't real so. after go protesting no on before no so that might be uh, that might go hand in hand with the next shot which was moira and several other women, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the, large sh- crowd. the shot of this is from a car. And so you're looking out from a car window. And they all have signs, which I didn't notice the other signs just because the cabin's kind of quick until we looked at it. Uh, the one, hers says, my name is Moyer. Mm-hmm. But all the signs in the background say, my name is whatever yeah. their name is. So Some female name, yeah. you kind of get the impression, like we were saying earlier, that somebody. Yeah, either... it looks like a delegation uh, yeah. from Gilead is maybe visiting canada on an official trip right or so there's protests or it could be that they don't think the look the, on moira's face right she's pissed off she's like murderous and just horribly upset well my only other thought was so it's either like you said a contingent from gilead that's coming there but also i was thinking maybe they're just pissed that the american that's whatever's left of the american consulate or government at that point is not doing enough to get them out and moving quick enough so they're protesting that way I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of seemed like there wasn't much left, though. And I don't know what what, what would Gilead have to gain from going to Canada to meet with the uh, general trade. 
I mean, like, we were about to meet with North Korea. Come on. That's true. That's very true. So, yeah, we're not really sure what that one is yet or who they're protesting against. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it's Gilead trying to, like, gain legitimacy on the world stage as a legit operation. Well, good luck with that, Gilead. Uh, okay, next shot is Moira making out with some lady in a bathroom. Yeah, looks like a club bathroom. Looks like a club bathroom, it's for got sure. got a red light bulb. Like, <laughs> nobody has that in their house, come on. Red light bulb and, a, a, I think, a, a, a paper towel dispenser, which you don't, you know, don't put in your house. I don't know why. Why don't we have those? That'd be kind of cute. I guess that's wasteful. They're in kitchens. That's true. Uh, So we did notice that there's a lot of, uh, and I'm sure the production team had a lot of fun with this. There's a lot of graffiti like there would be at a, you know, seemingly dingy club bathroom. Uh, And some of the references are interesting. The one that we did notice was a uh, a very blatant 1984 uh, written in the top right of the bathroom. So that was pretty interesting. And there were a couple other ones that we just couldn't make out clear enough to see if there was anything else that. Oh, we were, were looking. Yeah, we were trying because you know they they love to do that. Like, production teams love to do that kind of stuff and put little messages in the background. So, but we did not notice anything else clear enough to see what it was. Okay, now here's our. This is one of my favorite things about Luke is that I don't know if you know this, but he's not going to stop until he gets his wife. Maybe you noticed that if you watch season uh, one in the episode where Luke does everything but try and escape. And makes the point of trying to go back to where he's going to probably get shot and not save his wife. But, you know, I admire his uh, perseverance. A little, not necessarily misguided, but probably strategically not the ideal way to go about it. Yeah, he definitely needs somebody giving him directions. He definitely operates on emotion, it seems. Like, Mm -hmm. he seems to have gone from, oh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to take care of everything, to, oh, shit. (laughs) I did not take care of everything. It's one of those. That didn't go well. It was going real good when you were taking care of everything, right up until you weren't taking care of everything. So yeah, he uh, just says he's not going to stop until he gets to his wife, Um, and that's pretty much all that is in that shot. This next scene is very uh, interesting. So it's Nick and June in what looks like an office building, uh, just hanging out and embracing. And he says, "I'm trying to keep our keep." You alive, you and our baby. And he does make a point of saying our baby, which is a very uh, interesting way to phrase yeah. it because he actually owns it, which is interesting because Nick isn't all about uh, committing to things per se. Uh, so. Well, I mean, like you have to assume that if they're having this conversation in an office building that he is committed to like getting her out. You would think so. Because she's clearly not at the... You know, she's yeah, not a handmaid in those pictures. She's not, not wearing the uniform. She is for sure not wearing anything that is handmade related. So the only interesting thing is where the hell are they? Because we don't know. Yeah. And then you get a little flashback to. Yes, yeah, so we get the flashback to, to June's to daughter being ripped June away. June being ripped away. One. Which is awful. This is basically the. Yeah, I kind of hated that that was in there again. Yeah. Because it just reminded me of it all over again. And then yeah. I start thinking, oh, my kid. And right. who's, whose eyes would I gouge out? And Everybody's. Yeah. All of the eyes yeah. getting gouged out. Uh, let's see. Uh-huh. A little fun. You like that? Under their eyes. We're going to find out what's under their eyes. So there's this shot with June where she's doing a voiceover. It says, she left me once. Now I have to leave her. Yeah. I don't know that this is a house, but like. An yeah. apartment complex or some yeah. sort of thing. The only weird part is they have this house symbol of a house in the door of the house or whatever maybe that's a symbol for the marthas no that could be because she is wearing like she's wearing uh like under the sweater she's wearing martha colors oh yeah it is because it's blue yeah it's that like grayish grayish blue kind of color yeah oh that's true but the hat's not martha no the hat does not appear to be martha approved that looks like normal clothes yeah for sure uh So that's the only weird thing I can think of this scene is that, yeah, she is, I didn't notice that before, that she is wearing kind of the handmaid, or not the handmaid's, the Martha's outfit. So this next scene is an interesting one. So this is where we were trying to figure out. <clears throat> yeah, where you see the like. Kind of dormitory Kind of industrial campus mm-hmm. kind of thing. And this is where it kind of seems like maybe this is like Martha's in training. Like this is the Martha version of the Red Center. Because all of those women walking down the path look like they're wearing Martha-colored clothes. And then there are eyes standing like sentinels. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. 
Yeah. And there was a different shot of this. And see, you can see a couple of doors in this shot, too. And they kind of look like the same kind of door they that do. June just came yeah, out of. Yeah, you're so right. So I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe this is where she was. Yeah, that's true. So maybe they somehow filtered her into the Martha Center. Yeah. I mean, you know, marginally better. Marginally the, better. There's not the, uh, you know, the red ritual rape every night. But, like, if she, if she had gotten, like, out enough to be in some of these other situations we see her in in the trailer... Would you go back and pretend to be a Martha? I mean, I yeah, feel like a Martha also doesn't have very much chance of saving her child. That's true. And, you know, if she is escaping, maybe it's like they have to take her through various stages oh, of yeah. like maybe places to get out. community right. with Marthas. Like maybe oh, there's someone within the yeah. Martha community that's going to help her escape. And maybe that's Marissa Tomei's role in this. Mm. She's oh, the, yeah, maybe she's got like the Underground Railroad of right? Gilead. Yeah, mm-hmm. She that could be, be that. Cool. Again, that would explain the like weird darkness dormitory <clears throat> feel of the scene that we meet Marissa. Oh, yeah, Marissa that was very. In. Like, not... if these are people that are escaping, like it kind of looked like a basement or and something. That could explain the praying too. Like, don't find us, mm-hmm, please, mm-hmm. please, Jesus, don't All let them find style. us. Yeah, mm, yep. good call. Um, so, so then my favorite shot of the whole thing, mostly because Amanda Bruegel gives tremendous side eye. Um, <laughs> Is this, totally this random shot of Rita and Nick who are talking somewhere? Um, well, you, they look like they've just been talking. Yeah, they look like they've been plugging. They look. It, it basically just looks like just in case you. For, and I think that this was strategically placed after the last two scenes, so so that everybody notices that the colors you just saw uh, everybody colors. wearing were Martha colors. Yes, and so it's interesting now looking at this again. Is that they're in somewhere where there's books, which. And there's candles everywhere, so I don't know if it's the house. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if the Marthas are allowed outside the house that they. Yeah, they do shopping. Remember when the uh, handmaids are pregnant? They oh, do the shopping. You're right. And they go between the houses to like trade food and True. things. But yeah, this scene, this shot basically is like you've interrupted them in a conversation, and Rita is like mm, giving you the side eye, and they're looking at you like you're not supposed to be there and hearing what they're saying. Interesting. Which is interesting because she backs up like immediately. Now. This next shot is pretty great because there's a lot of things happening here. So it's snowing, which it does in the, you know, in New England. Uh, But Serena is looking out the window and I can't tell when this is. There's no kind of frame of reference for time wise on this, but there's we both decided and Tiana mentioned it first. What did you say about this? Oh, I said, like, I find it difficult to believe that even in her own house in Gilead, that she would be in this state of undress. Like, she's clearly wearing a robe that is very loosely tied, and, go, like, you can see she's not wearing anything under it. Yeah, there's a little cleavage shown. Yeah, and uh, that just seems very unlike Serena Joy after Gilead. You know, before Gilead, maybe. But, because she seemed like a normal conservative woman right. then. yeah. But, yeah, I... I feel like even right after a shower or like for sleeping, she would immediately put on something very conservative covering, like, you know, like covers all the bits. Right. There's some. And she's not wearing that here. Like a which Gilead. Feels a Gilead. Weird and wrong. An official Gilead issued women's post shower yes, robe. Because of like some they're sort. not even supposed to be sexy, like even to their husbands. They're not for that purpose. Right. So, yeah, this is in her hair's down like the hair. Like mm-hmm. it kind of almost looks like the young when or they try may- and maybe this is just like the level of falling apart. She reaches. Right. She was going to have a baby and then suddenly she's not. And they might be in real trouble. Yes. Because she does have that look like. My life. Yeah, is it's, a, just it's a very suddenly sad, sad Serena Joy. Yes. Um. OK, so like this into this whole like series of shots with this this voiceover from what ends up being Fred. Um. It's. I think this is actually the end of it because it says your house is infected with terrorists. I need to know if we confess our sins. Uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Now, yeah, it's a I it's a real short bit that he says, but they flash so many scenes in yeah, here. Yeah, there's a bunch of them in there, and um, so those are basically over all the stuff that we just talked about, like the last three scenes we've talked about. It's that mm. voiceover, and I can't tell. And you if also I... get the scene. You also get the like split second flash to what we think might be a flashback because Cherry Jones is in it. Yes. And they have announced that she is playing um, uh, June's uh, June's mom. mom. Yep, for sure. So we think you see a flashback and that occurs during this part. Yes. Um, But yeah, I can tell if all the quotes there, the your house is infected with terrorists, like those seem to be from different people. But spliced together in the trailer to make you think it's all one 
conversation. Because to me, the house is infected with terrorists. Do you mean you think it sounds like it's all Fred, but in different scenes and contexts? I couldn't tell if the first part, because I don't know why Fred Fred would say Mm. your house is infected with terrorists. Like well, it sounds I mean, like something it, somebody would say to him after well, what happened. I just kind of assumed that was your house is an analogy for Iliad. Uh, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. And then, uh, and so this ends with him beating someone with a belt, and well, or something. Uh, but yeah, so this scene of Fred who takes the belt out, and yeah, he beats and you don't know who he's with or what. Yeah, like it doesn't even you can't even tell if he's actually hitting yeah, a person. That's true. Or if he's just like, gosh darn it all and just smacks it into like the side of the, the couch. Crap out of a pillow. But he it looks like he's hitting it with purpose. Yeah. I just don't know. Like I, I can't mean, see I, him. I can't imagine that being good. I can't I just don't know who in the house. Like if you're just going with I can't imagine him hitting Serena Joy with a belt. I don't yeah, I don't either. That seems out of character uh for both of them. Unless But it, it could be another handmaid. Do you think they give him another one or do you think he's cut off? That's a good question. I think I don't think we probably get far enough to figure out if he's going to get another one because I think he that's my that was one of the other things we talked about in another podcast about whether how long it takes everybody else to figure out that she's gone. Like how long does it take the rest of Gilead to figure out that they don't have a handmaid now because she's gone. But if it's gone through like the eye channels, maybe everybody thinks it's official. So they're going to give him another one. But I don't know. No, I think that I think everybody would know that she's disappeared. I still just don't see how they would be blaming them, though. Hmm. It's all very mysterious, Hulu. Very mysterious. I mean, maybe maybe they just chalk it up to because he, like, was trying to have affairs with his handmaids. Right. Like, maybe he tried to get them out because he really loved them or something. He's got a track record. That's not the thing. All right. Now we're visiting the colonies, which everyone yeah. is super excited I'm excited, excited to see it, but also, like... Like, Not excited to awful. see who goes to the colonies. So we know Janine is in the colonies from this first shot, which is the kind of the shot of Janine chopping something. We assume it's wood, but we don't know. Um, and then kind of goes into another shot of her where you actually see her out of the colony regalia and kind of just sitting there talking about it. And her line is, uh, we come here, we work, we die, which immediately goes to a shot of Emily, who was also in the colonies, which we knew yeah. was going to happen. Um, but I thought it was very interesting that they chose to end the word die on the shot of Emily. And that could be just me like extrapolating and reading too much into. It could be. Yes. But I feel like that. I don't know. That's because we just talked about this, about how at uh, Paley Fest, when we talked to Lindsay on the other podcast that Warren Littlefield made a point of being the uh, masterful TV man that he is and throwing out the fact that he said, quote, anyone can die uh, and just left it hanging there. So, yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of characters that could die this season and both be impactful and also the show would be okay. I I really think that's my call. That's like if I'm making a predictor here mm-hmm. of who I think they're going to kill, mm-hmm. that would have enough impact for it not to be like, oh, they just killed like Joe Blow down the street. I think if they killed her, it would probably make the most sense just because they've also talked about how in kind of expounding on her character that she does all these risky things. Because she knows that she can't live there forever and mm-hmm. that her time is short there. Yeah. So if that track record continues in the colonies, I can't imagine that she's going to last very long. Because we've already seen her get, you know, have an affair within Gilead, mm-hmm. which is something that someone who is trying to survive would not necessarily right. try and do. With a woman at that. With a which woman, is probably which even is even dangerous. worse, which is about as bad as it can get in Gilead, and then got her killed. And then after having all that happen and being circumcised basically or not basically mm-hmm. but being circumcised ran over a dude with a car yeah Ugh, and so yeah. if you're doing all that after you know all this other stuff i can't imagine that you get to the colonies and go yeah this is better let's it chill also out seem, it seems weird to me that they would i mean with emily it does seem like she got a lot of chances mm-hmm. but i still i just find it difficult to believe i guess i don't find it difficult to believe but it seems counterproductive for them to be sending women with perfectly good ovaries to the colonies well and here are two women with viable ovaries mm -hmm. in the colonies but they've also you know the when in the books and i guess they'll talk about it maybe in the show they'll call them the unwomen that's basically what they that's who gets sent to the colonies essentially is the women who either are not be able to be controlled enough to be a handmaid I just feel like this kind of society would just control them more. 
Well, and the other interesting thing is because that they, they clearly don't care. No, they don't care. But it's also interesting to see what they haven't done, right? So, like, you got to think if you're trying to control people, it, there's pharmaceutical options to do such things. Mm-hmm. There's um, restraining methods to mm-hmm. do such things with it, which they have not done. Um, yeah, and that seems like the next step to me, rather right. than jumping immediately to sending them to the colonies. So if you know if they are gonna, we if we are gonna give them credit for having because if reproduction this much, is the thing that mm-hmm. they're after at all costs, wouldn't you find some? Wouldn't you not expose the viable ovaries to radiation? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can think is that if we're gonna give them credit for having a little bit of compassion, it's the fact that they at least have it chained the women down yeah and said we're just gonna have sex with you to see if you can get pregnant right yeah they haven't or drugged them like enough yet. to like you know right exactly so if they're you know maybe the wives yeah weren't down oh, with that's that option true. that's true because they're yeah, all the still wives and the ants are still part of right part of the system right and they still are especially the wives and the and the ants are still very much in the Especially with Aunt Lydia, you know, she like really cares for them. And so Mm -hmm. there's that whole angle of we love you and we're doing the best thing for you. And I think doing a restraining or like drugging them kind of crosses that line of, I love you. Like trusted state. Exactly. That's a little more extreme version of we have to survive. And then so we do get this prolonged shot finally of uh, the colonies. We've seen a few different kind of long shots of it. Uh, This one has got a lot more going on than the other ones we've seen. So there's the women who are cleaning up the toxic waste uh, and putting them in what I've referred to as like biohazard lawn bags. It's essentially what totally they look what like. Totally what they look like. Um, there's people on the horses. And uh, another thing Warren Littlefield talked about is how the horses get gas masks and the women don't. Because... What's the point of gas masks, though? They're because it's like all... radioactive material. Yeah. A gas mask is not going to save you. I don't know. Maybe it affects a horse differently. I don't know. But all the other people have gas masks, too. Like these people that are in the dark clothes which you'll see period like sporadically kind of look like men because uh, they're wearing big wide brimmed brown hats yeah, kind of like look like their style hats right supervisor kind of role uh, they have gas masks as well so there's got to be some kind of you know inhalation maybe it take maybe it kills you faster hmm. that way but yeah they're basically out here to be labor and die essentially and there's uh, some white tents in the background that have a little biodome feel to them um so yeah and some trucks that just kind of look like normal everyday trucks but yeah this all looks awful um so we'll see where yeah that it goes. is a really depressing shot and they probably work them all day long and you know there's nothing good about any of that now this next shot oh is, this is what i find the most interesting out of right this whole thing. so i there's some interesting views i've seen on this where someone actually thought this was serena joy like rebelling back against gilead no. which is just because this is pre-gilead fred hairstyle yes now that's the one yeah. thing i didn't notice as soon as we paused this to look at it, i was like oh fred's actually there in his yeah. like you know little and, suit and coat. serena is the star of the show and that happened pre-gilead yes. she was a big deal and fred was not right she had written a book she yep. was well known for speaking out yes and all of these people man they do so much in this in this very short scene so she's surrounded by people who look like they are there at a rally, not so much a protest, but a rally. And they're holding up mainly signs that just say resist, which is fascinating in the current context of our mm-hmm. resist movement right now. Um, and they're clearly on Serena's side. So, like, Serena is leading the resistance movement <laughs> in this scenario. Is that what you think is I really here? think they're on oh. her side. Yeah. Really? So this is interesting. I don't know that that's the case. I totally this, think it is. So what this seems like... There is me, no barrier between her and those people. They right. are letting her speak. Okay, I guess. She is so, leading the resistance movement against, like, normal America. Oh, I see what you're saying. But why would they have the stop the Nazi hate and fascists if that was against normal America? See this? I, I, think, they ju- I think they see normal America, like, squishing of... So you think this is a rally for her side? I do. I think this is a rally for her side. I might be completely wrong, but I think they are being too courteous and deferential to her for this to be her speaking out against all of these people at the rally. Oh, I don't know. See, my thought of this is that this is some kind of either event where they were trying to come up with a plan to fix the problem of the fertility issue and what the plan was to save humanity. And this was her getting up to speak and say what she thought would be 
a great idea. Mm-hmm. Or this was like a press conference of some sort, because there looks to be, I don't know, there might not be media here, but I can't tell. Um, and that she is making an announcement and the people do not like it. This is, to me, yeah. this looks like this is against her. Yeah. So the first time I watched it, I was thinking it was against her, their belief system. Mm-hmm. But then I was like having trouble coming up with this scenario in which like this could happen. This like shot could right. happen in that case. Like yeah. as far as was the logistics everybody of everybody at, in like front a of them? hearing or something and everybody came out and there just were cameras and they asked her what she thought. And then she started talking about her vision of Gilead. Yeah. my It kind of looks like it's almost a town hall where she had gotten up to talk and say what she thought would be the way to fix the problem and then everybody yeah, this, just it's lost weird. it they're they're on stairs or something it's yeah, I just can't tell, it's really weird. yeah they are like behind her but there is a cop there but look and she is talking loudly to the crowd but, but and i feel like it's in a supportive kind of way i don't know I, to me she looks really mad she looks really riled up but they are clapping oh, for her that's true that's weird see that's not even why would they clap for her then that's a good question maybe I it's think, an inter- i think she is leading a movement I think this is pre-Gilead. She's leading a resist movement against normal society because they think that this is the way to go. So, and she, of course, there would have been early supporters. Like, how else do you get right. early the eyes to, like, track down all the fertile women in the woods? And Interesting. So, hmm, I have a couple thoughts about that. So, what if, and I don't know how this happens in the book. They don't really ever talk about it. So, we know that they... If you've read the book, you know. Uh, spoiler alert, I'll give you five seconds. If you haven't read the book, you're going to figure it out eventually. So you know that they blow up Congress, they blow up Supreme Court, and they blow up the President. So the only scenario in which I can see them being behind her with those signs would be if they're trying to make them think that, oh yeah, because they blame it on terrorists. That's the shit that happens. Okay, that's the part that I wasn't putting mm-hmm. in the place. So the initial like attack, the, they, the Gilead people, even in the book, were like insurgents. Yes, to but, the U.S. government. So right. you got to think the U.S. government was trying to do something about the no babies, and then the Gilead people but, are like, no, 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 that's completely wrong. Everybody resists that shit. Right. Well, my thought is maybe like this is after the initial takeover, like after the three attacks happen, because they blame the attacks. At least in the book, they mm-hmm. blame it on Islamic mm-hmm. terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they're trying to pretend like they didn't have anything to do with it and that the current regime, like, because that's when they start firing. I think this is pre those attacks. I think it's pre those? Okay. See, there's still. I, don't I know. think this is probably pre those there's attacks. a lot to unfold there. So we'll find out. I don't know. Okay. There's, yeah. I, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, there are. You just don't know enough. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so then we get this prolonged long shot of the. Handmaids going to the funeral, or at least their own funeral. Maybe this is the same. Yeah, maybe we this assume. is leading to where, and it is snowing, so you're right. Maybe yeah, it is snow. I thought it was snow. snow. Uh, so maybe there, maybe this is like going to where the coffins are. Yeah, because it's the creepily it's, or taking uh, the coffin somewhere. This is to show off Anne Crabtree's brilliant costume design once yeah, again, and with, like haunting, right? With the the the, the, veil. the the thickish veil where like you can't see their faces, right. even though you can tell there are faces yes. under there, is really especially creepy. Yes, it is very creepy. All right, so this next shot, I do not understand at all. Yeah, it seems it seems like a dream that someone would be having, right? Because it's this shot of a large glass yeah. fronted office building. Yeah, they're outside in and, like a like a uh, business park courtyard. Right, and. It's handmaids just running from yeah, the building. Yeah, big group of them. There's no men no in men the scene anywhere. at all. And so why would they be gathered in a large group with no, like, guards? Also, how far are they going to get? Just, yeah. <laughs> Nothing about this makes sense. No, it does not make sense at all. It's also really just incongruous to see a large group of handmaids like that in front of a glass windowed office building right. like this it's just totally so out of place yeah i mean the scene doesn't feel like it could exist alongside right. these like intensely puritan style wardrobe of the handmaids it's really interesting it's, it's yeah i, I really that... like those scenes <laughs> where they have that like mismatch of uh-huh. feel yeah and it's so interesting Throws because that off. really, really reminds you, like, we're talking about now, yeah. but, like, the shittiest now possible. <laughs> that's like an, that, that, I feel like that's an alternate tagline for the show. <laughs> the shittiest the now tale. possible. The shittiest now possible. 
That's very true. Uh, next shot we got is one we've seen before, which is June setting something on fire, which is immediately followed by a very short shot, which shows Cherry Jones, who we know is playing her mother, who is holding the hand of what I'm assuming is it's a, a child. June. So it's got to be young June, which is pretty cool because we know in the book and a little bit in the, they talk about it in the show, about her mom is kind of feminist protester. I think they- Talk about it in season one, except like maybe Moira referenced or referenced her mom right. or something once yeah. in season one. But it was so, like nothing. If you if you haven't read the book, you don't know anything about her right. mom. Yeah. So they're showing this kind of shot of her. what looks to be like at a protest or rally or something. Yeah, like maybe leaving a yeah crying out and like that. Looks pretty excited, and June is kind of there witnessing it. So we know that yeah. she at least kind has some like you know maybe the eighties. Yeah, could be. But that's our first like in context. Shot of Cherry Jones as to what she's going to look like. Okay, now, we have this next shot, <clears throat> which Tiana and I are calling Nick in the trash compactor from Star Wars. <laughs> it totally looks like Because that's exactly, it. It is, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly what I thought. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I feel like he's on the Death Star. <laughs> well, but, he is on the Death Star. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all Fair. intents and purposes. Fair. So for anybody who, do- who has not watched the original trilogy of Star Wars, there is this scene where... Some of our heroes are trapped in a trash compactor yes. on the Death Star. And there's like this, there's a creature that lives under the, that really likes environments like that and lives like under the water that is apparently in the bottom of the like trash a giant compactor. Snake type thing. And the walls of the trash compactor start like coming in to like compress the trash. And the thing is trying to like drag them down under the water, presumably to eat them. And it's, it, this is like from this like 0.25 seconds yes. you get of Nick in a very, very dark space kind of moving and looking anguish. all I thought was, he's in the trash compactor on the Death Star. What yes, the fuck? that is exactly what it looked like. So Tiana and I have, uh, I have a theory that if you slow this down, and you can do this on the YouTube, so if you have the YouTubes, which most people do on the Earth, um, you can slow down the playback speed of the YouTube to like as far down as like I think a quarter speed. Yeah. And if you do, it looks like someone is underneath him, that he is on top of someone. Yeah, and I'm not totally on board with <clears> I know you're not. I can, but it looks I, like when they move, like it looks like he's falling on top of a person who appears to not be in the most alive state anymore. Because um, you see the head move kind of, I don't know. I'm, I've looked at it like 17 times and Tiana doesn't necessarily agree. Yeah. I don't, she thinks I'm reading I don't too know much about into that. It. So we'll see. Uh, then we get another shot of Fred. And then June. Yeah, these are all like bam, these are bam, bam, This is like towards right the end. Another, so this as, is one as right the, after another. The music is reaching its climax. Yes. So we get June, um, in still in the outfit that it looks like she came out of the, the Martha, the maybe Martha, maybe Center Martha building. Center building, uh, in sprinting across a backyard. It looks like, um, but we never see who she gets to. I think she's in like a big field or something. Like she well, just ran, like she just ran out it. of a field. Right. It looks like she's running from a ye- field into like farm. Down farm there's like area. equipment and stuff yeah, I, don't I don't know. know it's very interesting but not the colonies not the colonies now that last shot they like to throw in there is calling back to hey remember when we were gonna hang everybody yeah. and yeah it's the, somebody throwing the lever throwing the lever on the gallows so that's how they uh more or less close everything out the last shot is um june somewhere you can't really tell because everything else is out of focus but you know it's fairly soon because she still has the it fresh looks like she's got some firelight on her though so i yes. assume she's wherever she was when she when was, she was setting things, things on yeah. fire um, and there's, it's still fairly soon after that because, you know, she's got the fresh head wound from, I believe that happened when Serena backhanded her in the head and she hit the wall. Oh, I can't in remember. In the bathtub. Remember, she's in the bathtub and her head's bleeding and Serena's praying for the pregnancy test to be positive. That was really close to the end of last season. Yeah. So that, that all would, happened yeah, like that within a very that, short yeah. period of time there. Yeah, that's true. Because I think that's, and the, I mean, if you're going through the timeline, this has to be fairly shortly mm-hmm. after that for that wound to be still... I guess there. I don't remember the end of last season enough to remember, like, if the Serena smacking her in the bathroom is really close to when the van comes to get her. I believe so, because I think it's right before they have the scene with uh, Janine where they're going to stone her and they she comes back home. And that's right before. Oh, they, yeah. OK. Yeah. And so that's it. She says uh, in a voiceover. Let me get it. Here. She says, says, my name is June Osborne. My name is June Osborne. And I am free. I am free. So that gives you a little indication that maybe she does escape. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. Because um, we don't know anything for sure. Because this, is, this is, show is brilliant at nothing. It's brilliant at giving you information and making you think you know a thing. Mm-hmm. But then making sure you don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're still, even watching for, this trailer. For people who don't read, who didn't read the book, um, <clears throat> this 
might be the first time you're hearing June's last name. I can't remember if they say it in season one. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Do they? I think they do. Yeah, and it's different than her husband's last name. Yes. Which probably is also. Are they married, though? Yeah. Do we know that they're married in the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do say husband. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um. So, yeah, that's pretty much the whole trailer. Right? Yeah. We'll so go. what are you most excited about based on this? Um, like, what are you most excited to see? I mean, the one that intrigues me most is Marissa Tomei, just because it's the least amount of information we have. Yeah, I'm not as. I think, intri- I think for her, I'm putting my money on. She She's, is a Mar- She is leading the Martha Networks version of the uh, Underground Underground Railroad. That's I'm excited that's, to that's see. That's where her. I'm putting my money for her. I'm also excited to see. Um, one of the things I'm excited to see that's not in this trailer is Bradley Whitford's character, who is supposed to be like... Yeah, I love Bradley Whitford. Because he's awesome in everything. And, and his... he can be super creepy, as we learned in Get Out. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, Sarah watched the other day. Oh, yeah? Sarah's not here today. She's going to be here. But, oh, I'm going to have to Yeah, text she her, texted me, and she was. was like, whoa. I love that movie. Because I don't think she really had a frame of reference so for... Well, you don't really go in like so have any good. idea. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but his character, who's like the economic architect of Gilead, is one of the things that I'm more excited to see. Yeah. Um, but as far as this stuff that we've seen here, I think, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm not as excited about the colonies. But I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm more ex- excited to see what happens with certain characters. So, like, I am excited to see if Emily makes it through the season because I don't necessarily think that's going to mm-hmm. be the case. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see the uh, more about the downfall and the effect of that because um, mm-hmm. you know in the book that the basically the government collapses because they blow everything up and so I'm excited to see them do that yeah. probably in flashback mode like they normally do to see how all that took effect um, but yeah just the kind of like how do Fred and Serena come out of this yeah you know what just happens. occurred to me like well just now if Fred and Serena are really scared that they're suspected of, like, sympathizing with the resistance. That could have been Fred and Serena in the pool. Oh, well, that's very interesting then. But that was that a very, would be but Fred, very Fred twisty. does not seem like the type of guy to wear the, the boots and the... Were they boots? I thought they were just dark shoes. No, they looked like, it looked like the guy was an eye. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Although, you know, we never know. Um, the other thing... Um, that I'm interested in seeing is the other parts of Gilead that mm-hmm. we haven't seen. So like the, you know, they showed the child brides that was really creepy to see, obviously with them marrying what looks like 40 year old middle-aged guys to uh-huh. off to these younger. Yeah. Cause the girls, girls were small. Yes. And you can see uh, the two that are closer. You can see their hands. They look tiny. Mm-hmm. They must've been young. So yeah, like I said, I think both the book and the show do a great job of, putting you in this world and showing you a lot of it, but not very much of it. You yeah. Know? they sh- You see things, you just don't get to understand them necessarily. Yes. You don't get to put them in a larger context all the time. And that can be really confusing. Yes. Cause you, I mean, if you it think it really lends itself to conspiracy theories. Yes. If you think about season one, I mean, you didn't go that many places Mm-mm. in the current Most present of it was time. In the Red Center or yeah. in the house. In the current present time version of Gilead, I mean, With the notable uh, exception of the supermarket, the supermarket and, and the visiting um, the outside of wherever her daughter is, right? And then the big uh, banquet hall that they had, the yeah, and and the had. open air market where the man gets his head run over by right. Emily. But other than that, you that's about it. There's yeah. some streets right here and there, which is interesting because that would be kind of similar to how the handmaids and the people that living in Gilead would operate, is they mm-hmm. probably don't get to go to that many. Yeah. You know, places well, yeah. themselves. And, like people are segregated to a point where like Martha's and handmaids don't get to socialize or something. They're not, you know, generally at the same places together. Right. In, in the exception of they heard you, you heard in the first season that when handmaids are pregnant and or I guess very pregnant, they don't have to do the shopping right. anymore. And then the Martha's go for them. Um, but yeah, like the, there's no like clear places for like intermingling of different stratus of people yeah so it'd be interesting there's just still a lot that we don't know yeah as much as we've seen we don't understand yeah a lot i'm really pumped to see more about rita yes i think that'll be really interesting i want to see more a lot more about the marthas in general i Mm want to know about the martha network i want to see like do they become real friends like the handmaids kind of did in the red center yeah that's a good question i really hope that is the like martha training center 
that we think it might be in the trailer because right. I'd really be interested in that. Like, what sort of brainwashing do they go through? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about Marissa Tomei and Cherry Jones. Yes. Both excellent actors. Yeah, there's a lot to lot to look forward to yeah. this season. And Lots it is, of cool stuff. It's an expanded, so it's 13 episodes as opposed to 10, I believe, last season. Um, and I know on the 25th, the first two will be out. They're releasing in. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. The first two will be out. Last year, they did the first three because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Reed Morano directed all those and they were kind yeah. of a. They were kind of a package set. Yeah. So this year, it's the first two. So we'll get a little more information. Um, but this, this, this season, we have the same director all season, right? No, there's multiple, but um, the guy, there was a man that directed, I think, right after. Reed Morano's first three, he was the next one. He's directing like seven of them. Okay. So I think there's there's several after him, but he's directed a bunch of them. So we will see, but that was pretty awesome. Hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the trailer. So uh, lots more to come, I'm sure, from Hulu because, the, you know, they're ramping up right Yeah, they to, like to drop those breadcrumbs. Yes, they do. So we will uh, keep you abreast of all things Handmaid's Tale. And uh, you can follow us on social media at, at Handmade Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We will have, keep you up with all the news and put out some cool content and uh, see where everything goes. And uh, we'll definitely be there on the 25th for the debut episode. So for Mayday, this is Justin and Tiana. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us, everyone. You can also check out our radio station at Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is on Slacker Radio or for free on the Slacker app. 